You are listening to the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast with your host, Eric Logan. No Gimmicks Just Sweat is dedicated to hearing the journeys and unique stories behind an athlete's training and what drives them. Get inspired to own your life and make the impossible possible. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, please take a few seconds to rate the show and drop me a review. Now, let's get started with the show. Hello and welcome to the show. And today we have Lisa Bacaris as our guest. Lisa, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Thanks for having me on the show, Eric. I'm super stoked. Oh, great. You know, thank you for being on the show. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As always with each episode, we kind of start off with rapid fire questions to kind of break the ice. Um, and let myself as well as the listeners get to know a little bit more about you. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Morning training or evening training? 100% morning. I got to be done by like 3 or 4 p.m. because I am useless in the evening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a fan of evening training too, but I'll sneak some in every now and then myself. (laughs) All right. Cardio training or strength training? Oh, 100% cardio. It's like pulling teeth to get me to uh, lift a weight. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, run on the treadmill or run outside? Outside, 100%. Um, Open water swim or swim in the pool? Pool. I don't like open water swimming. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite segment in a triathlon, swim, bike, or run? The bike. It's all about the bike. All right. See, I knew it was the reason I liked you. All about the bike. All about the bike. All right. Favorite race distance, sprint, Olympic, or long course? Ooh, I see. I love Olympic distance, but uh, I don't get to race them very often. I, I mostly have to do half Ironman. So, uh, but yeah, Olympic distance is my favorite for sure. Okay. First thing you do after a race. I sit down. <laughs> Literally, I, I cross the finish line and I'm like, just, I want to sit. And they're like, keep moving. I'm like, I just let me sit. I want to sit right here. Just, just, let give, me... <laughs> just leave me alone. Let me sit. <laughs> yes, just leave me alone. It was hard. I want to sit just for a minute. <laughs> right. All right. What is your dream race to participate in? Uh, you know, um, they, well, so I've never done an Ironman, but. I will do one eventually when to be determined, but they just announced Ironman uh, Alaska. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. I know, 100%. That's kind of like my dream race because it'd be, you know, not hot or not as hot (laughs) as the other races. All right. If you can go on a run, a bike ride, or train with any celebrity, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh my goodness. Um, wow, you put me on the spot here. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll just go with my current Olympic crush, uh, who's uh, Caleb Dressel, the swimmer. He's, okay. uh, yeah, he's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so that I could just drool the whole time I'm uh, <laughs> on the bike ride with him. <laughs> All right, last question. Your dream location anywhere in the world to go for a ride or a run? Ooh. 
You know, I really would love to go ride in in the Swiss Alps. Oh, okay. Or um, Mallorca. Mallorca, Spain. I heard that's some just unbelievable riding out there. So I, I think Spain is a popular choice this season. You're you're not the first person to mention Spain. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never been to any of these places, so I I don't know for sure. <laughs> well, that's why it's a dream location. That is true. That is true. <laughs> All right. So um before you kind of get into, you know, who you are, what you do, where you're from, um Kind of share your story. And when I say share your story, you know, always try to parallel parallel it with, you know, think of yourself as a superhero. And how did you go from mild-mannered Lisa to the athlete that you are now? Because everybody has a story how they got from point A to point B. So can you share that with everyone? Absolutely. Well... I would say that I'm very much still in the midst of, you know, becoming the athlete that I, I really think I'm capable of becoming and the athlete that I want to become. Um, but kind of how I got to where I am at the moment, um, just growing up, I've, I always, always loved sports. Um, I, I played every sport growing up. I ran cross country and track in college. Um, and after that, I kind of stumbled upon triathlon when I was an assistant coach um, at a small university uh, coaching track and fields. I, I always knew I kind of wanted to get into triathlon because I had swam a little growing up. Um, and to be honest, I was I was a decent triathlete kind of like from the beginning. Nothing. I mean, nothing crazy, but um, I'd win some of these local races uh, in central Illinois and um, that kind of started to to get me a little more excited about the sport and um you know I I competed as an age grouper uh from 2014 to 2017 and then I kind of took a leap um up to the professional division in 2018 and I got my butt handed to me absolutely handed to me my first year as a pro triathlete it was a super humbling experience and um the thing that I, I'm still learning is that it's not uh, endurance sports and just kind of sport and just kind of life in general. It's not a, you know, a straight line from from one place to the next place. Like you're going to have a lot of setbacks and comebacks, setbacks and comebacks. But essentially, like you kind of want that line to be trending upwards. Um, but with endurance sport, it just takes time. Like you just, it takes miles in the pool, miles on the bike, miles on the run, just to build this aerobic engine. So I think I've just kind of been steadily improving from year to year. And um, yeah, so I guess there was no crazy like, oh, wow, like you weren't very good, but now you're a pretty good story. <laughs> I think it's just kind of like waking up every day, doing what's asked of you, trying your best and um, doing your best to kind of limit the, the setbacks, um, that you have, whether it's sickness or injury or, um, whatever, whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's nothing, nothing <laughs> super fancy, but I just think, you know, work hard and have fun and enjoy it while you're, while you're doing it. And that's kind of like 
how I think of like the key to success is just to enjoy what you're doing and the work that you're putting in. Okay. All right. So what does a week of training look like for you? Yes. Good question. (laughs) Well, I just switched coaches about two months ago now. So I work with a coach named Julie Dibbins and um, it's been awesome. I'll tell you, it's really hard. Um, It's, I just joined Julie's here out in Boulder, Colorado, and we kind of have like a squad that we train with. So uh, I guess a typical week would be Mondays are easy. Mondays are easy day. Um, I usually go to master swimming in the morning. um, And then I do either an easy run or an easy bike, or sometimes all I have is a swim. Tuesdays, uh, we in our group, they're called terrible Tuesdays. (laughs) <laughs> and that's terrible Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> but terrible Tuesdays start uh, around 7am. We meet up for like a group run. Um, and usually it's like a, a harder, harder run session. So um, for today example, we did our run um, with some of this like kind of like a fart lick progression. And then the hard part is you go right from the run, you drive to the pool, and then you have an hour and a half of swimming. <laughs> oh wow. Hour and a okay. half of drowning for least. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's really hard because you don't have a huge time frame to like eat after the run. And I'm a really, really heavy sweater. So like my my squad makes make fun of me because I always bring two bottles of fluid to the pool. Um, because I'm like <laughs> I literally will cramp if I like to stop drinking. So oh, wow. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, so we have a really hard swim workout, and I don't, I couldn't tell you what it is because I think I'm just blacked out for most of the time, just trying to survive. And then um, today I'm preparing for a race um, in a week and a half. So we kind of had a specific bike session. So right out of the swim, we had to get out of the pool and uh, sprint to our bikes and hop on our bikes and do like a, it was a short but hard uh, bike session. Um, okay. So that's kind of terrible Tuesdays. Usually we do some kind of strength at, at some point, either on Monday or Tuesday. Wednesdays, usually a long ride, um, anywhere between like, you know, two and a half to six hours, depending on the time of the year. And then this summer, we've been doing some open water swimming. Um, ah, okay. That in the afternoon. Thursdays, we do, a, I do a run, another run session right into another swim. Usually Thursdays aren't quite as bad, uh, but that's usually it for Thursdays. Friday, uh, typically I have a swim in the morning and then um, like an hour and a half hard bike session. Uh, Saturday is usually a bike workout and a run off the bike or uh, something around that. And then Sundays are usually long run, long run, easy swim or easy bike after. That's kind of like a typical week. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot of exercising. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> but it's it's a lot of fun. And being part of a squad is, is awesome. Yes, yes, yes. With, with all that going on, yes. Having a squad by your side, yeah, that would make it a whole lot easier. Yes, it makes it way more fun, too. And it's yeah. the shared suffering together also <laughs> you know, brings you a little closer. <laughs> yes. So um, with that training still, um, still on your mind, you know, with the pandemic that happened last year and with races canceled, gyms shut down, you know, 
pretty much, you know, the world at a standstill. How did that affect your training? Yeah, so uh, to be honest, for me personally, the whole pandemic was a little bit of a blessing in disguise because um, I actually got surgery at the end of January in 2020. Um, I had compartment syndrome in my lower leg, which took about a year to diagnose. Very frustrating. Mm. Would never wish it upon anyone. Wow. But um, but yeah, so I actually had surgery at the end of um, end of January in 2020. And, um, you know, I took a, I actually did nothing for two weeks after surgery. And then I was begging the doctor to take stitches out so I can go swimming in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) And then I actually had went to, um, pro camp. It was the coach I previously worked with. We had a pro camp down in Claremont, Florida for, uh, was it three weeks? No, two weeks. We were down there for two weeks. And this was like the last week of February, first week of March. And I couldn't run yet. And I don't think I could ride more than like 50 watts on the bike, but I could swim. So we just swam my little heart out. (laughs) um, But it was weird because we got right back from, we got like off our flight from, you know, beginning of March and I come back and it's, you know, that's when it all hits. That's when everything kind of shuts down. And that's when you just started hearing about races getting canceled. Um, mm-hmm. So it was actually nice because it allowed me to slow down because I'm the type of person who's not very patient. So I'm like, let's rush, let's rush to get back. Hurry up, hurry up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so with races canceled, it just took the pressure off. And so I could actually, you know, do like this back to, you know, back to running, back to training um, type of thing, a little bit slower and uh, probably a lot more safe, to be honest. So, um, yeah, it was it was a weird year for sure. Yes. <laughs> Very weird. Oh, yeah, it was a weird year for everyone. So I, I don't think anyone would question that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, like I think back and I just remember like at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, great. Well, I can't swim. I can't really do anything. I work from home. So I'm just going to like try to sleep till like 9 a.m. every day. <laughs> Never made it to 9 a.m. once. I was like, I was up at like 6.30 every day. It was so frustrating. I was like, I have nothing to do. Let me sleep. Right. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not going to complain about it. because Normally, I'm an early morning person uh, when it goes to my workout runs. Yeah. Um, but, you know, since we had started working from home and everything, I was like, do I really want to get up and run at 5.30 in the morning, 6 in the morning? Or can I just wait till 7, 8 o'clock to do this? Right. You yeah. Know, it, it runs a run. As long as I get it in. Exactly. 8 o'clock. Let me get yeah. this extra sleep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, and that's, uh, like, if you were able to sleep in, heck yeah. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um. Since um, races are back in twenty um, twenty one, have you raced um, any this year? Yes, yes. I got a little excited about racing early on. Um, <laughs> I kicked off the season at Challenge Miami um, okay, okay. in early March, and then I did Texas seventy point three beginning of April. Made a poor decision and decided the Tuesday after Texas seventy point three that I was going to fly to. Uh, Orlando, Florida, and race Haines City 70.3 the following week. <laughs> uh, lesson learned, did not go well. Did a lot of walking on that run. <laughs> ah. And then, uh, well, 
and then I had a weekend off and then I drove to uh, St. George, Utah, which is about nine hours from, from Boulder. And um, I got sick on the way. So I tried to race St. George. Didn't, it did not happen. <laughs> I just wore myself out kind of in that month span of, of getting really excited about racing. Right. Uh, uh, and then I, yeah. And then the most recent race I did was um, in June in Des Moines, 70.3, which they cut the bike in half wah, wah, uh, because of weather. <laughs> <laughs> big bummer for lisa <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, uh, i say it sounded like you were very very disappointed in that yeah i was uh it was it was kind of a hot mess of a day that's for sure but I'm <laughs> disappointed that the bike was cut in half i was like we canceled the swim before we cut the bike in half guys but the swim was not canceled <laughs> yeah so um yes yeah, so that's I've I've done a handful of races so far this year and uh, my next race is in about a week and a half out at Timberman 70.3 in New Hampshire. Okay. All right, so you are a pro triathlete. Will you explain to everyone all the listeners um and me and myself as well you know, <laughs> what does that mean? You know being a pro athlete, you know, I hear about it, you know, people, you know, going out, you know, pursuing their pro cars. Um, and, you know, me being a new athlete, we don't have, you know, and I'm doing air quotes right now, quote unquote, a pro do athlete. Yes. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we get left out, you know, do athletes, you know, we're <laughs> kind of the redheaded stepchildren of, you know, <laughs> multi-sport, you know, you know, I think the only ones that are probably, a little bit below us on the totem pole are um, aquabike. Aquabikers. <laughs> yeah. And again, no offense to people who are listening that are aquabike, you know, athletes. <laughs> you know, love you just as well, you know. <laughs> so no offense to you guys. No offense to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work towards making pro divisions in those two, in those two sports. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But yeah, so essentially um, what it means to earn your, you know, we call it a pro card. Um, it's also called like an elite racing license. Uh, essentially, so every country is different. So I can only speak upon the U.S. because that's oh, familiar. But so USA Triathlon is kind of like the governing body for uh, triathlon in the United States. And essentially, they have um, criteria A, B, C, D, E, and F for something like that. And you can qualify for your, per, like your elite racing license. If you meet the standard for one of those criteria, um, for example, how I received mine was, um, you have to finish the top three amateur at an elite qualifying race An elite qualifying race is defined as, um, having, a professional field compete on the same day at the same distance in that race um, with a prize purse of at least $20,000. So, uh, so that's how I qualified. I actually qualified at um, escape Des Moines, which was an Olympic distance race escape had like a whole series of triathlons, uh, but now they just do escape from Alcatraz. Uh, oh, okay. But heard. it was, yeah, it's, it was an awesome, awesome event. And I, was the first uh, amateur at that race. So that qualified me to, to get my elite racing license. Um, and so there's other, other ways you can do it. If 
you compete at age group nationals, which was just this past weekend in Milwaukee, and you finished uh, top three age groupers in the Olympic distance race. I think you can earn your elite racing license that way. Um, and then there's a handful of other ways if you have to finish within 8% of the winner's time and X, Y, and Z. So <laughs> it's a little bit complicated, but, um, but if you're an athlete that's super determined to get your elite racing license, I think there are definitely easier avenues. Um, you can, you can kind of cherry pick the right situations, but, um, but yeah, so essentially when you get your elite racing license, you can compete in the professional field in races. Okay. And, and what's the benefit of doing that? Because I know I probably have listeners that are sitting here like saying, okay, and? Right, right. Yeah. So there's, and, and we could talk about this because there's a lot of elite age groupers out there who can finish like mid, you know, pack in the pro field. But that just love racing at the age grouper. They love winning races. They have, you know, full-time jobs and they don't have any interest in kind of competing at the professional level for whatever, whatever reason. Um, so I guess like it's, it's a really, it's a personal choice for me. I, I believe when I took my elite racing license that I could compete with, you know, what well, maybe I don't know if I a hundred percent believe that back then, but that I could compete could compete best in the world Um, and so for me it was just kind of like I wanted to race the best triathletes um, with their rules uh, in their races and you know see how how close I could get to them Um, so that's kind of like my driving factor like for me I wasn't getting um, as much satisfaction out of winning age group races I really just wanted to see how stacked up with these elite racers. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like, and, and I guess you want to decide if you want to make a career out of it. Like if you're the best in the world, then you can make a career out of it where you're, that's what you do for, for a job and that's how you earn money. Um, but I would say by and large, the majority of triathletes, uh, <laughs> they don't, they don't make a, a living doing triathlon. Okay. But it, it sounds like you're a very competitive person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or is that just an understatement? <laughs> I I am I I do consider myself a pretty competitive person. Okay. All right. So um I know earlier you mentioned that you had a race where you handed you had your butt handed to you, you oh, know, a quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> couple of them. And you know, for a you know, for a runner, you know, that's kind of like, yeah, you know, you know, like, oh, I didn't finish in my best time or, you know, I had to step away from um, the race because of an injury. But for a triathlete, you know, how, you know, for you specifically, you know, since it's you and I are talking, um, how is that, you know, a little different or is it the same? Because I know there's three segments you have to deal with you know, the swim, the bike, and the run. And, you know, some of the triathletes that I know personally, you know, when they've had their issues, it's usually been with the swim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kind of like, you know, I, I just got lost in the swim. I couldn't make the swim or anything. Um, and then, you know, I do have some that have had issues with their bikes. And they had, you know, kind of drop out from a race. 
Um, but for you know, what is that feeling? You know, and, that, and and hopefully that doesn't sound like kind of a crazy question. Um, but you know, what is that feeling to kind of go like, okay, I trained, I trained, I trained, I trained. You know, for all three of these segments, and to just you know mess up in one that just throws the entire race off for you. Yeah, and I think um, the cool part about sport and triathlon specifically is that. I think you can learn a lot from every race experience that you have. And the great part about triathlon and the frustrating part about triathlon is that you have three different sports. And so you can have a day when like you don't feel well, but like you still have an awesome bike Um, or, you know, or, or like, like usually because there's three things you're doing usually one of them goes pretty well. But that's also the hard part is that it's really hard to get all three to really click on the same day. And I think a lot of like elite triathletes and, you know, age group triathletes, that's kind of we're chasing this perfect day when everything seems to come together and you just nail, you just nail the race like on the head. You're like, I did, this was amazing. I felt amazing. I pushed amazing power on the bike. I ran my fastest run splits I ever have I came out of the water not drowning this was (laughs) so I think so like when you I mean but I think you could also talk to every triathlete you whether they just won the race and they can tell you a couple things that they were like oh yeah I just won but I really could have done better here on here so there's always that you can focus on and improving um but I also think it's important to celebrate the the things that you do well and to recognize this, the steps and the progress that you've made. So I think it's just, yeah, that's the cool part about triathlon or like multi, you know, bullseye sport. It's, there's always something to, to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know with me recently, um, at a, um, duathlon, I pretty much like the first run, I was not feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely was not feeling it. And it took me a moment once I got on the bike and I started riding. That's when I, you know, my groove kind of kicked in. When my mo- my mojo came back, you yeah. know, a better term. And for that second run, that was it. You know, and I, I know a lot of people are like, how are you not tired after that, you know, yeah. run? I'm like, it, I don't know why. You know, it just for some reason, usually – I'm ready to go on that first run, but for some reason, this one, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm really not feeling it. But once I got into it, that was it, you know, so, you know, it, you know, it was pretty much, I don't want to say it was a bad first run, but it wasn't my best first run. Yeah. But I still felt good, you know, because I finished the race. Yeah. And I think that's like, it, and I think that's the cool part, cool part about sport too, is that if sometimes if you just hang in there for a little longer and stay positive, things might turn around. And like for you, they did, they turned around and you're like, well, I ended that on a really positive high note. Right. All right. So as a triathlete, how do you feel? You know, I, I'm always curious about, you know, how, you know, people kind of fuel and keep that energy, especially on long distances. Uh, long course Olympic and long course events. Yeah, um, me personally, I'm not a gel person. Yeah, even as a runner, I I am not fond of gel 
that worked for me. Yeah. Well, I got to get you the power bar, power bar gels. The they're they're amazing. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so I uh, how do I fuel? Um, I guess I'm slightly blessed as an athlete because I know a lot of athletes who have like stomach issues or they're very yeah. about getting upset stomach or GI distress. Yes. Um, and knock on wood somewhere, I have yet to like experience that during a race. Um, I'm actually a pretty good eater. So I usually take a gel before the swim, you know, 20 to 30 minutes before the start. And then when I got on the bike, um, as I'm like a very heavy sweater, I mentioned earlier, I have to stay on top of my nutrition. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, I will depreciate as the race goes on. So I, uh, I take in about, uh, 300 at minimum, 300 calories an hour on the bike. Uh, okay. so, and I, I mostly do that through, I usually carry about 500 calories of fluid, um, on, in my bottle. So I use the power bar, um, isoactive, uh, drink mix. So I put about 500 calories of that between two bottles and I carry a bottle of water. Uh, so I carry three bottles, uh, every time I race, uh, a half Ironman distance. And then I'll supplement that 500 calories with a gel, uh, well actually three to four gels. Uh, so I end up getting about eight to 900 calories, on the bike of, of a half Ironman. <laughs> and, then, and then on the run, it's kind of all up in the air. <laughs> well, also on the bike, I'll take salt tabs and all then I'll take alt red as well. So I'll take salt tabs and alt red. And on the run, I always carry a gel with me the first mile, whether or not I actually take that gel is another story, but I always have it with me. <laughs> um, and then I grab every single cup that they offer the water. <laughs> The ice, the Gatorade, the, the the Red Bull, the Coke, everyone. I'm just like, yeah. So I take like five cups every single aid station and just try to get in, um, get in as much calories as I can that way. So that's kind of what I do. What is okay. it's the most scientific way? <laughs> okay. Well, it's it's all about what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Believe, believe me, over the past years, I've had trial and error for everything. You know, just to try to find that one thing that, like, okay, what are the things that work for me? Yeah, it's hard. But I really, you'll really got to do, you got to try the Powerball Hydro Gel. I'm not a big gel person, but it's, like, it's liquidy. The orange one tastes like orange juice, which, oh. I, which I really like, but it's liquidy, so you don't have to take it with water. Or there's a lot of other gels that have, like, this super sticky consistency and stuff. Right. Yeah. Which it's just like hard to choke down sometimes. But yeah, I really like those hydro gels. I, I will have to get it a try on your recommendation. Yes. <laughs> but now, now to kind of do a little shameless plug and kind of a loaded quick. Well, look, well, not, it's not necessarily a loaded <laughs> But you mentioned Alt Red. Yes. I listeners, what is Alt Red? <laughs> I know what Alt Red is. <laughs> Alt Red is awesome the magic supplement <laughs> yeah it's a it's a uh, beetroot supplement but it's better than beets because it's just the red pigment um extracted out of the beet it's something called betaline put into we would put it in the tiny capsules and you take it before and during your run um 
But yeah, it's awesome because it stimulates your body to create something called nitrosylated hemoglobin. So essentially a nitric oxide attaches to your hemoglobin. And that's awesome because it actually helps to deliver blood and oxygen to your working muscles more efficiently. So uh, as aerobic endurance athletes, it's super awesome because you're able to deliver oxygen to your muscles quicker while you're exercising. So you're able to do more aerobic exercise for longer. For me, I like to just say like, it's more bang for your buck. Um, I will ride about five Watts higher when I take alt red at the same heart rate and effort level. Um, it also decreases your, uh, blood lactate levels and, uh, creatine kinase which is a measure of muscle damage it's anti-inflammatory it's amazing it's amazing i mean what do you like about it well that is probably the reason why everything kicked in for me at the on on a bike ride and then that second run at my race recently yes yes but it, it does you know um and um, and before i go any further this is not by sponsored by um alt red or sir <laughs> Just lady, letting everyone know this is not a sponsored episode. <laughs> but you know, I, I found that I recover much better taking it. Yeah. You know, you know, not only do I have a lot of energy, you know, and you know, and that might not be the correct terminology for it, but you know, I have a lot of extra energy, you know, to make that last kick effort, you know, especially on my workouts. You know, whereas, you know, a lot of workouts, I get to that point where, you know, I feel like I'm about to bonk, hit the wall, but I've noticed, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm a person that I've been taking it for a while. So it's not a like, oh, I just started taking it, you know, so I could tell from, you know, the years I didn't take it to now that it's I'm much, it's, I'm having much more effective workouts um, and I'm, I'm performing much better during races using it. Yeah. And you know, one of the cool parts you said, like, you feel like you have more energy, like you recover faster. One of the cool parts we've had some uh, people tell us is that they like their moms and dads and they'll like, you know, they go exercise and they have to come home to like a house of screaming children. They have to entertain them and play with them. And they're like, I'm able to like do that without being as tired, which is huge. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Cause I, I haven't experienced that because I don't have kids, but I, I'm like, wow, that's kind of like, that's cool. Cause it increases, you know, improves the kids, you know, quality of life, the parents quality of life. And yeah, I was like, that's, that's awesome. Well, I, I, I've noticed that even after races or long runs, I'm still kind of bouncing around like, okay, I can do a couple more miles. <laughs> and people are looking at me like, is he crazy? <laughs> I'm, they're like, I'm tired. I'm like, I, I can still go another mile or two. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> All right. Again, this is not a sponsored episode. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to buy it, go to sir.co. <laughs> yep. Yes. What she said. <laughs> All right. So what is your go-to running shoe? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, figuring out what works best for me, especially after surgery. But right now what I'm loving. So like my trainer, uh, my, the, my run trainer shoe that I use is the Saucony endorphin shift. It's like they're heavier trainer, but I love it. Freaking okay. love that shoe. 
Um, Ray shoe, I don't know, to be determined. <laughs> I've oh, tried the okay. I've tried the Nike four percent. Those were okay. I tried the Alpha Flies multiple times. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Um, and I recently, my most recent thing I'm gonna try is the you know the Asics, the fast shoe that all the um, Olympians are wearing in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. the orange and black one i forget it's like the meta sky or meta something so i'm gonna see if that works for me because i would be awesome to have a carbon plated shoe that i could race in because um i do think it's it's an advantage if you can make it work for you well you know hoka has the rocket eggs oh i'm I just i'm just mentioning it you know not yeah have an association with hoka <laughs> i've tried it i haven't gotten it to i don't feel as comfortable in it like really? It doesn't really work for me. Yeah. I've tried that and I've tried the Saucony, their carbon plated one too. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I can't. That's what I've like. My frustration has been this whole season. I'm like, can't find a race flat that I'd like. like. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to get back to you on that. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the key is to find that one shoe that you feel comfortable in, you know, not just a comfort level. Um, for you as a runner, but a comfort level for your bike. Yeah, yeah. All right, so what type of bike do you use? Um, right now I'm on a Quintana Roo PR6. Oh, okay. Yes. Matte black. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of the, the blacked out look. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's my bike. Yeah. I just think it looks faster. But, uh, if I get a different bright pink bike next year, just don't remind me that I said that. <laughs> well, we'll see. It's 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 kind of in 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 I can't wait. it's immortalized now in the podcast that you said it. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is a two part question. Um, your proudest moment as an athlete, and then probably your worst moment or biggest mistake as an athlete. Okay. Um, proudest moment. Um, to be honest, it was, it was last year. It was, um, I did this race called the Huntington Triathlon. It was in October, 2020. Um, it was, a the PTO, the professional triathletes organization sponsored the race and brought in a pro field. Uh, it was Olympic distance in, I forget the, the town. It was kind of by Fort Wayne, Indiana. It was in Huntington. Sorry, blanked out. It was in Huntington, Indiana. And it was my first race back post-surgery. And I had no idea what to expect. I was so nervous because uh, I just didn't know if I was going to be the same athlete that I was before surgery and if I was going to be able to be competitive. Um, and I had a, a solid swim that day. And I biked my brains out. I've never felt superhuman on the bike. And I, I biked my brains out. And um, I actually had about like a minute or minute and a half lead in the race. And I, this is my first race back. I've never led a race before in my life. I've never made any money in triathlon, zero prize money, nothing. And I was leading the race. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is unreal. I'm, I'm like, I'm winning. <laughs> <And> <laughs> About like three or four hundred meters before uh, T two, I got a mechanical, so like my chain got stuck. We went down this little, my chain got just stuck, and then my chain dropped. I was like, oh my god, what? I like, ah, uh, what do I do? What do I do? And I, 
I was way more confident in my running abilities than my bike mechanic abilities. I'm like, I think I'll get to transition faster if I just run. So I ran with my bikes and my cleats and everything. And then the top three girls just come whoosh, whoosh, whoosh past me. And we all come into like T2 together. And uh, I think the proudest moment was just like, I was just laughing at myself. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, you know what? I'm competing with them and this is amazing. And I'm really proud of myself because I could get really down about having this mechanical. Um, but like I'm racing, I'm healthy. My parents were at the race. It's 2020, we're racing in a pandemic. I was just happy to be racing. And I so I think just kind of staying positive um, through that experience is probably one of my proudest memories or fondest, proudest moments. Yeah. All right. And now your worst moment or biggest mistake. Worst moment. You know, I would say my worst moment was probably after my first professional race. Um, it was at Texas 70.3 in 2018. And I just like, I didn't, I, I, and at that point I didn't understand, but I was just frustrated because I felt like, you know, I, I needed to prove something to everyone that like, I deserve to be at this professional, like competing at this elite level. Um, and I just wasn't there yet in my journey. Um, and I remember finishing the race and just like, I was, I was bawling. I was crying. I was like, I don't belong here. I don't belong at this, uh, at this level. Um, and I just remember being so down. Um, but when like looking back, I'm so, so happy I had that experience because it was a big part of my journey. And most triathletes, when they become professional or once you start anything new, you're probably not going to be the best at it right when you start. Like it just takes time. And I was trying to rush the process instead of like appreciating the process. So um, happy I had that moment. But in the moment, it was a very hard moment. Okay. So if you can get, it, get into a time machine and go back and tell your younger self something, what would it be? Lisa, don't quit soccer. You would have been pretty good. <laughs> don't quit soccer. Okay. <laughs> I, I was kind of like a running joke in my family um, because I had loved soccer growing up. I always, I was good at soccer, um, but then in sixth grade in the, the junior high team, it was a co-ed team. And I didn't like that because I was like, why are boys and girls going to play together on this co-ed team? The boys are never going to, pass to the girls like this is dumb and then I I took a volleyball which was great I loved volleyball I played for a while but um I'm just mad that I was like mom and dad you let me quit soccer I, I could have been good at this sport going to the Olympics and probably not but <laughs> but yeah, you never know you never know <laughs> you never know but mom and dad you let me quit so, yeah. so it's just a just a running joke in our family um but yeah I think if I could, if I could uh, actually go in a time machine and go back and tell myself something, I would, I would just tell myself to, to stress less and enjoy more. Um, there's no need to stress about where you are not and things you have not accomplished. Rather, it's important to just focus on where you are and enjoy what you're doing and work hard, you know. Mm-hmm with whatever it is that you're passionate about. 
Um, but yeah, if you, if you are constantly stressed about not being where you want to be, it's, it's not gonna, you know, create this conducive environment to improve and improve fast, but instead you're probably going to experience more setbacks. And, um, so yeah, just enjoy the process and enjoy where you're at and appreciate where you're at and where you came from. Okay. All right. So what would your message um, be to people who feel that, you know, I'm at a point in my life that it's, it's too late for me to start, whether it's to start running, start multi-sport, start cycling, and not necessarily, you know, on a competitive or pro level, but just to start, you know, to be better, to better the health or better their lives. You know, what would you tell a person? It's, it's really never too late to start. And I know that's like, that's said so many times in so many places, but it's so true. Like if you are passionate and excited or interested in something, try it, you know, whether it's like you go out for a walk one day and all you make it is five minutes, but in two months from, from now you're, you're jogging for 20 minutes. That's huge. It's never too late to start. And I think that's the cool part about endurance sports is that you can go as slow or as fast as you want, but Mm -hmm. just go. I think that's the important thing. And I think that at least for me personally, sport has pretty much defined my life and I've learned my most valuable, important lessons through sport. I've met my best friends through sport and the most influential people in my life through sport. So I think that it's such a gift to be able to push yourself and test yourself that it would be, you know, you're, it would be sad to not use that gift. If you have, if you can, if you can move, move hundred percent. It's never too late to start. Yes. Never too late. Great advice. <laughs> All right. So what is a non-athletic fact, fact about you that most people don't know? Mm, non-athletic fact. I was on the price is right. Oh, wait, I didn't even know that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was a contestant on the price is right. My senior year of uh of college, a couple couple of friends and my we road tripped out to uh California, LA, and yeah, we waited in line and for the Price is Right show to be cont- to you know to be in the audience, and then I got called down and was on oh. the Price is Right, but I I didn't I was the last contestant, so I I only got a bid one time, and my one time wouldn't get me to the showcase showdown. But, uh, but uh, I did get to meet Drew Carey, so that was cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, as we get close to the end, what's next for you? Are you training for anything now? What are you getting ready for? Yeah, so I am getting ready for uh, Timberman 70.3 in about a week and a half on August mm-hmm. 2nd. And then after that, I am headed to uh, – St. George, Utah to compete in the 70.3 World Championships, which I'm super stoked about. It's my first World Championship um, experience, so that will be awesome. Woohoo! And th- yeah, yeah, it should be a super fun, super humbling experience. And um, then the rest of the year is kind of up and up in the air with with what's what's after that. Awesome, awesome, Lisa. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I really appreciate it. I always, I'm always very humbled when someone says they want to talk to me on a podcast. I'm like, you want to hear what I have to say? Huh? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so if people wanted to get in contact with you, learn more about you, uh, or just follow you um, on social media, how can they do that? Yeah, you can. Uh, well, my Instagram handle is at Lisa Bacaris, Um And I'm on Instagram. Oh, you can shoot me a message there. You can send me an email <laughs> if people do that. Yeah, you send me an email, Eric. Email yes. still exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it still does. Yeah, but you reached out to me on Instagram first. Yeah, I did. So I, I'd, say, first. I'd say Instagram's like, you know, that's how people communicate these days. Uh, but yes, yeah, so you could reach out to me there. It's probably the easiest way to do it. So yeah. <laughs> and please do. I love meeting new people. Awesome. Awesome. Again, Lisa, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, keep training hard. All right. I will. You do the same. Best of luck to you in your race. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast. We really appreciate everyone who tunes in each week. If you enjoyed today's show, please support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember to tell your friends about the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast so we can continue to have awesome conversations with everyday athletes just like you. Until next time, have an amazing week.